Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. Great sales teams are not recruited, they are built block by block. Let's get to work. Test, test, one, two. Test, test. Can you hear me? Test, test, one, can two. Can you hear you? I can, <laughs> hear, I can hear me. I don't need to hear me. I need you to hear me. I got you. <laughs> need your box to hear me. <laughs> your little box. Yeah, that's what I tell my wife. I just need the box. <laughs> we're not recording, right? We're not like always, brother. Yeah, we're yeah, starting yeah. the episode out that way. No, you're not. <laughs> you can't prove this was me, dude. You walked, you walked into this trailer, and an NDA scanned your eye retina on the way in. Almost like the airport. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we got Sam Kaufman here with uh, on the level construction, or is it on the level home remodeling? What's the tagline there? It really depends on what we sell that day. Okay, okay. Yeah, so, Sounds so good. It's on the level construction, sometimes kitchen and bath. We have a flooring store. Nice. So it filters. Yeah. So so Sam and I met through uh, Apex Executives about six months ago, yep. and we were just having a conversation before we got rolling here about how far you've come. You know what I mean? I didn't realize like the badass that you were when I met you, you know, and we're having this conversation, and, and uh, you and uh, Brian. Yep. We went to Velvet Taco in Addison, Texas, and had a conversation about building sales teams, you know? And this was before Building Great Sales Teams podcast, consulting, all that good stuff, you know? And uh, I remember that night very vividly. I was just like on fire talking to you guys about this, you know? And then six months later, uh, you're now a coach for win rate consulting. Uh, You've already been on stage at a fly-in Friday I mean, you're just murdering it, dude. I'm watching you. You're killing it. And, and you have like gone all in too. That's, that's the difference. We were just talking about it. Over six months, you've gone all in and you've executed on everything that Apex has given us. And uh, it's doing amazing things for your company. So congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, I remember that conversation. I, I was so confused as to what I actually needed at that time. I uh-huh. We were talking about outbound sales and door. And we, I, I had 80 different things um, and you were on fire, but you lit, uh, that conversation made a big impact um, because what I walked into with, I don't know what to do or how to grow or if growing a sales team is even like a thing for my industry. Right. Um, that two hour experience built a lot of confidence that you might not be aware of. Oh no, I appreciate that. Yeah. That, that means a lot. And, and one of the things I remember about you is you were like, <laughs> and this was the best part that I loved. You were just like, well, I'm a great salesman. You know what I mean? Why can't they be too? <laughs> Dude, and I still, you know, it's hilarious. I just spoke um, over breakfast this morning at the mm-hmm. hotel. I was talking to two entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. Apex entrepreneurs, both looking to hire their first sales rep. And mm-hmm. the one to my left goes, what I don't understand is, I am the best salesperson I know. Why can't they just live up to what I need them to do? Yeah. And a huge grin on my face. And I said, well, let me explain. (laughs) And now, but that's how this whole thing works, right? We have a conversation at Velvet Taco six months ago. Uh um, And then six months later, I have a conversation. That's how we continue to give it back. Pass the value, pass the value for sure. Um, and, And that is, that is the biggest thing that I get from my clients and then people that reach out it's like transferring what's in your head and the talent and abilities and skills that you have 
into people that have never done sales before maybe or that have done sales and they, but they've never been really taught the the structure of it right the training behind it like the things that we do intentionally uh that we don't realize we're doing because we're just flying by the seat of our pants right and then yeah. we start creating training we start creating systems and then all of a sudden our teams uh get on fire after that so let's let's talk about that uh you know we'll get into the the sales team stuff first um I guess what's been going on with you guys since that conversation? Sure. So I, uh, after our conversation and going back, what what I did was instead of combating, um, instead of spending twelve to eighteen months fighting my own strengths and weaknesses, I brought in a sales VP. Nice. So I went. I got a close friend of mine. Um, he's actually in execs now, mm-hmm. still running that role for us. For I haven't met him yet. I need to meet him. Yeah, you will. Well, if we have time. Well, yeah, it's, exactly. It's going to be gonna a be busy crazy. couple of days. Yeah. yeah. So again, so one of the biggest things that I've um, heard, noticed, witnessed in this community um, is don't waste time. Mm-hmm. Right, hire for where you want to be, not for where you're at. And where I needed to be was I needed a sales leadership. Mm-hmm. So I could spend a year teaching myself how to teach other people to sell, or I could bring in somebody smarter, better, and faster than me. Yeah, and that's what I did. I brought in somebody who they came in and within five weeks created what we now call the sales Bible. So we've got this 40 page document. It's an SOP for sales, how we handle inbound leads, how it goes through the system, how it gets measured, assessed, estimated, and closed. Um, there's all these fundamentals. And like, if you had asked me, I, I would have known none of that. I do all of it. I mm-hmm. had no idea I was doing it. That's, That's what we're talking about, right? Where we're like, we don't even know I didn't know what I didn't know. Exactly. I would never have known that that's what I was trying to teach somebody. I mm-hmm. never would have known that that's what they were failing at, that they needed to be lifted up in. I just, man, like close it. I don't yeah. know. Like we just, we just expect them to watch us and then no. Yeah. Close the deal. Yeah. I also didn't know that there, there were really different, such wildly different sales styles. Mm-hmm. I have a very different sales. My best sales rep and I sell polar opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm very, um, not like apathetic, what is it? Empathetic? Uh, no, like almost indifferent about whether or not Indifference, close. Yeah. Indifference, right. Yeah. So when I sell, I'm, I usually attempt to talk the customer out of buying the product. Mm-hmm. I give them all the reasons why it really isn't maybe the best timing or the best, I, and I, I have a very, very high conversion rate. Well, and, and then I would imagine you have the highest quality rate after the sale. Well, yes, obviously. Well, but what I'm saying is like indifference, what it creates is, and, and what you're doing is you're taking that customer through a, basically a super qualification process. So when they do sign, you basically eliminated all the objections because you addressed them early on when they were still motivated. You know what I mean? In the beginning of the conversation is typically the most motivation for the customer. Right. By the end of the conversation, they're going through all the reasons why not in their head to, to be able to say no, because it's our instinct to say no first, right? <laughs> Well, and, and I also think, so two things on that too. One, I set extraordinarily clear expectations. Mm-hmm. There's no surprises when a deal closes because I closed it. There's never that moment of, but you didn't and I didn't. I'll even tell, so when we do like kitchen remodel, I got a customer recently who couldn't, having a hard time deciding if they wanted to do their bathroom first or their kitchen first. Mm-hmm. And I came in to help close this and I sat down at their kitchen table um, and they were like, what do you think? And I was like, here, here's the reality of the situation. Bathroom is going to be way less invasive in your home mm-hmm. and way less rewarding. 
You let us do the kitchen first, you're going to hate us for three straight weeks. I am telling you right now, from the second day we're in your home, you are going to say to yourself, why did I do this? Mm -hmm. Three weeks later, you're going to be like, oh shit, this is really cool. Two yeah. weeks after that, you're going to be like, holy, I can't believe this is the coolest thing. I'm so glad. I said, now, if you can put up with three weeks of hating me, I think you should do the kitchen first. If you can't, let's knock the bathroom out. Mm -hmm. And I laid it out like real clear. I tell everybody, you're not going to like this. Redoing your kitchen is not a pleasant experience during the experience. Now, we have this, 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 and this solution in place to help you, mm -hmm. but you're not going to have a good time. You got kids in the house. You got animals. Like, I just go full in. Yeah. Five days later, I get a text message. Hey, we decided to go with the kitchen first. We nice. want to get the kitchen done first. But I set expectations clearly so there's no surprises, and I also build a tremendous amount of trust. There's nothing more... Nothing speaks to your credibility and your trustworthiness more than saying, here's where I'm the bad guy. This is where, yeah. this is where, I'm, this is where it's going to be tough. This is exactly. where it's going to be hard. This is where you're not going to enjoy this. This is where you're going to spend more money than you'd like, but you have to. Yeah. I build a lot of trust. Yeah, there's a, there's a quote, or not a quote, but a saying that I got from, uh, and I'm going to give him credit here, Ralph Ramon, 10 years ago. Um, and he was one of my first managers, uh, ended up starting his own company and then being an operational partner. So we've worked together on and off for, for 12, uh, 10 years now. And um, one of the things he, he used to always say was, customers don't mind negatives. Hmm. What they hate is negative surprises. Exactly. So that's exactly what you're explaining right there. So many salespeople wanna act like their product is the greatest thing ever and not prepare the customer for the negative experiences within the product. Now, that, pro that that's universal. You know, you remodel a kitchen, it's gonna be a negative experience when the remodel's happening. I mean, I had someone finishing out our home, the one year warranty was up, so they came in and did the warranty work, right? And I, I don't want somebody in my home, that's my home. Yep. You know, I don't want somebody there when my wife and kids are there, right? And so, um, that is not a great experience. And so preparing them for, for that, setting the expectation is huge and it makes your job so much easier after the sale. Yeah, it does. And there's no, and, and the other, in my opinion, and this is where I will, so like my, my best rep is just closing. Um, back in January, when I joined WinRate Consulting as a client, mm -hmm. they do personality tests for you and some of your staff. And I, I had them do the personality test and I said, hey, by the way, I don't think this guy is necessarily cut out for sales. Mm -hmm. Mike gets back to me three days later. He said, this guy is the only one on your team cut out for sales. Wow. Something's wrong. What was that personality test? That was a disc assessment. Oh, disc assessment. Yeah, it was a okay. disc assessment. So it wasn't anything like massive, but that was an eye opening. That was my first eye opening. Like, okay, I'm doing, I, I, I love team leadership and core value. I mean, I talk about it constantly. Mm -hmm. I knew in that moment I was failing that, that team member somewhere. So that's yeah. when we brought up. Now he sells so differently, but one of the things that helps tremendously, regardless of the sales uh, practice, is seeing past the close. And mm -hmm. that's where that being okay with telling them it's going, it's yeah. not, for me, the closing, the contract sign of the down payment is just the beginning. I need the experience to be positive. Right. I need it to be a five-star experience all the way through. Mm -hmm. Through the project, through the completion, through the warranty, getting the review, getting a referral, getting it, you got, the, for, in my experience, the sales team members who can see past the closing are the most successful because they understand 
those successful job when the when the production team fulfills the job accurately because you sold the job accurately exactly. you've got three or four referral you got six figures in business coming to you nine months from now because of that, that mm-hmm. job you closed if you close it fast and incorrectly and it goes bad and you don't have anything yeah and people remember the sales rep absolutely I, not a lot and i think new newer people in sales don't always kind of like catch on to that but they remember you're the one they're mad at when it goes yeah. bad. And then and then they think they can just like pass this product off or pass the buck basically and I'm done. I did my job. Let me walk away. Yeah. And that, and that doesn't work. I remember when we went from selling uh AT&T Uverse to DirecTV. We started installing dishes on people's roofs. Mm. And so, you know, it's a very small form of construction, right? But at the same time, you're still putting something on someone's house. Yep. So where it goes, how it goes on there, ground mount, roof mount, you know, uh, is it an eyesore on the roof? Whatever the case is, like so many of our sales rep, because they were impulse sellers. And once AT&T got the deal, you know, uh, or got the package, they got to walk away because AT&T handled the customer service from there. But that was the first time we had to handle the installation process. So now we're doing fulfillment. So we had to retrain our guys basically to do what you're saying, to think about, okay, what about after the sale, the customer experience after the sale? Did I give them the right product and package? Did I uh, set the expectation with where the dish was gonna go and that type of stuff? So I couldn't agree more. Yeah, that's why we have a help first mentality is one of our core values. Absolutely, brother. Um, What are some of the things you've done in your business that you feel like have, because I feel like before it was all you, right? It, it was very much like it had to all be in here and it had to all work in here for to work in your business. So you've delegated, you've uh, hired. Yeah, so we, um, it's funny, I actually haven't really talked about, I was thinking about this flying yesterday and mm-hmm. it's interesting, it pertains to your question. I haven't talked about this a bunch, but I have already, this is not the first time in this business's lifespan that it has been successfully growing with me out of the way. And so what's interesting is I've done this before. Mm -hmm. It was just on a smaller scale, one service offering, labor only. We weren't doing product. Like it wasn't growing, Mm -hmm. but it was healthy in a sense. Yeah. And what's so interesting is um, when we decided to transform the business into this into this retail space product offering, I mean, the ticket sizes what we're selling now is literally a hundred X what we were selling 18 months ago okay. for the average ticket size. It's pretty incredible. That's beautiful. Um, and what's funny is, you know, six, seven, eight, nine months ago, you would think that you'd already know what to do. You mm-hmm. would think that because you had done it before on a smaller scale or because maybe you made this mistake before you wouldn't make it again. Yeah. You'd think that it would just start going fast and perfect. Yeah. You, and you, you would only need to learn once. Yeah, you think you'd only need <laughs> to learn once. Um, and I guess I'm stubborn and I need to learn more than once. And what's funny is, um, I didn't know what what was really stopping me was I was in the business's way. That's really been the biggest um, the biggest hurdle removal that mm-hmm. I have done is by connecting with people like you mm-hmm. here in places like this and in Apex and uh, WinRate um, is feeling confident to get out of the way and staff the business for where we're going. Mm-hmm. So what really happened was I decided, all right, we're going to grow. We're going to do this. I'm tired of fighting this labor only. I'm tired of fighting yeah. this low net profit. Like we've hit a glass ceiling and I, this isn't going to get me to my dreams. This is mm-hmm. not going to build the business that I envision. This is not going to build the family that I want to build. This, this isn't going to do it. Yeah. 
And then I went, all right, well, what do I, what do I do now? And so it was all in my head again, just like in the beginning, all the processes and procedures were in my head. All of what needed to happen was in my head. And I had a team that was very successful in one product service offering that was now being told to go and offer another product and service. Mm-hmm. Um, but they needed my support. Yeah. And coming here, I realized that they needed leadership. They didn't yeah. need somebody to do everything and sell everything and um, deal with every customer. And because that those were the same mistakes that I made in the beginning of oh, six, seven years ago when we started. Mm-hmm. I had to do everything and touch everything. Right. And what's so cool about Apex and what we do here is that this happened so quickly. It's like mm-hmm. what took me four years to get out of my own way before took me took me three or four months to all do the, this time. All the resources are here. You know what I mean? And then so many people within Apex and in their zone of genius put so so much value out because they know, hey, if I put the value out, then you know, some people are gonna take advantage of it and use it and do well with it. And then some people are gonna hire me to just do it for them, right? And, uh, but that, that also means if you can execute on the value they're putting out, you don't necessarily have to pay this big ticket price for it. And then other ones you can't execute on, you are gonna pay the big ticket price for it. Yeah. One of the things I wanna double down on that you said earlier is uh, you were talking about selling higher margin products. Right. And so I think this needs to be fluid throughout your business, because when I when I first started, it was all about scaling numbers, bank account or body count equals bank account. Right. So we had one hundred and ten sales reps at one point. You know what I mean? And it was it was very much like you were saying in the early parts of your business where you kept getting in your own way. So I was all about the metrics, the numbers and everything. And so as we evolved, we became a higher product uh, in terms of what we sold, that in, our ticket price increased, right? And uh, we reduced the amount of salespeople we have, mm. you know, and we kept reducing our sales force, but increasing the income for each one of them, you know? And now our, our average income is around 65,000 for a, a salesperson with us. That's great. And, and we're trying to get to 600, or 100 six-figure earners. And so we're, we're not only doing it with our products, right? Because we only sell premium solar products with our solar division. We only sell the highest packages with the AT&T internet with our MDU division, right? We're doing the same thing within our company where we're not going to hire you if you don't align with the core values. And we could have a whole nother podcast on that. Yeah, we could. But, but that's the deal. Like you want, you don't have to be the 14 hour a day business owner. And you, you don't have to fall on the sword every time and you don't have to sacrifice your personal life and your family life in order to keep the business rolling. But you do if you're selling low margin products. You do if you're not hiring quality people. You know what I'm saying? And then you're the one running around like crazy, so. Right, and so so we, similar, we grew. I In the, in the beginning, I was obsessed with top line revenue. Mm-hmm. Top line is all I cared about. I yeah. wanted to hit seven figures. I And I had no profit goal. I just wanted to see seven figures mm-hmm. on the income statement at the end of the year for the business. Give me all the business. All the business. We had two cities. We had dozens of employees. We had the cost of doing business continue to increase when the profit of doing the same business did not. Mm-hmm. And what you end up doing, or what we almost ended up doing, was growing ourselves out of business, which people talk about often, but you don't really understand it till you do it. And I'm sorry, you can warn somebody all day long that they're gonna do it. Try That's to, not me. Try to warn a new entrepreneur that they're gonna grow themselves out of business. Just tell me how they're gonna think you're full of shit. And yeah. that's fine, learn it the hard way. That I think it develops a lot of grit. 
but you're right. And let me, so like leading from the front today with my sales team, like I'm in the office much less than I've ever been before. Mm -hmm. But here's what I'm doing now. So I have an operations manager, how I like, and he made a comment the other day, we were on the phone and he was like, he was like, I noticed what you're doing. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, you never talk to me about operations anymore. Every check-in is whether or not I'm exercising. If I'm reading, how my am I going on date nights? How is the team doing? Are you doing one-on-ones? I fucking love that. And I said, dude, that's because you're in a leadership position now. I put you there because you knew ops. Ops training isn't what we need to be doing, but if you're going to continue to lead the team, you need to outgrow them daily. You cannot, your job is to grow people underneath you. If you grow them to where you're at, what the fuck good are you here? You have to keep going. I'm yeah. like, I have to. Why do you think I'm flying out of town every month? What do you? I'm staying ahead of you, dog. Like, mm-hmm. I'm staying ahead of you so you can stay ahead of them so they can stay ahead of the new guy. It's, and he was like, holy shit. I was like, do you see? So we're running a, uh, my team doesn't even know this yet. My wife does because it was her idea. But we're running a giveaway. There's a big flooring retail conference. Go ahead. First of all, yeah. let's just... If you're listening to this podcast and you have that little thing that goes back 15 seconds, hit it twice and listen to what <laughs> Sam just said again. Holy shit. We're, we're going to put that all over reels and everything. That was fucking beautiful what you just said. If, you're, if your management and leadership team needs management and tactical operational training, you have the wrong people in management and leadership. They mm-hmm. need personal development training. That's it. That should be 90% of the conversation. Mm-hmm. Just come to you for help. That's all great. But that yeah. should be 90% of your relationship with those people. Should be mm-hmm. You should be coaching them like you're like how we pay for coaching. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to do to them. Yeah. I learn it here, apply it, figure immediately. it out. And immediately goes back to them. Um, but yeah, so we're running a giveaway. There's a big flooring retail event in November in okay. Arizona. And it sounds, I know flooring retail sounds boring. These guys do it really well. It's fun. They got great speakers, breakout. They run it like a fly-in. Nice. Cool. So I couldn't decide who to bring. I wanted to bring everybody. Like we're being, we're doing well this year and everybody's contributing. And I'm like, I'll come with you, Sam. I'm like, well, thank you. you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, shit, I just want to bring everybody. Like, but I can't. That's not feasible. That's what happened with this. With, and, with, I, yeah, and I ended yeah. up with 18. And I think we, we could have brought 25. And I, and I feel like an asshole for the eight that had to stay back. But I mean. So check this out. So yeah. this is what we're doing. So when we get back, um, we're doing a 75 day. It's not 75 hard. Okay. But we're doing a 75 day challenge on the G code. Whoever comes nice. to me with the highest score on the G code after 75 days, the top two are getting plane, ticket, hotel to the event, flooring retail event. You know, and the old me would have said, "Oh, they're just gonna lie." You know what? That's not my fucking problem. Exactly. I'm, I, my job is to present the opportunity, and it's up to them and God to figure out the rest. Right. That's not on me. Yeah. Right. I can't control the results. I'm just putting it. I mean, it's not. It's no different. You and I are doing it on a smaller scale, but it's no mm-hmm. different than when Stuman does. He puts yeah. out the opportunity. How many people? Well, let me not even go down that. Let me not, <laughs> let me, I'm just saying. Yeah, people do lie, but let me tell you this: it's harder for me to remember to fill out the G code app every day than mm-hmm. it is to actually do the work inside of the G code. It's very true. If they remember to fill that thing out dishonestly every day, they earn their ticket. I'll take them with me. But that's hard <laughs> enough. <laughs> that's hard enough. And so, because my wife said this, she's like, well, they're going to lie. I'm like, 75 days is a long time, mm-hmm. to, even to be full of shit. Yeah. 
That's difficult. It, yeah, right. That takes discipline to it, be full of shit for 75 days. Like you earned it. You yeah. earned it. You, you outpaced everybody else who's full of shit. You really, like, you're the hardest working full of shit person here. You're, you're more than welcome to come. Look at the dude. He's cracking up. Yeah, there. dude. Ryan's, Ryan's cracking up behind the camera right now. That's He's awesome. loving this. It's very true, though. Like, some people work harder to bullshit than they would if they just did the work. You know what I'm saying? 100%. 100%. But see, but my point being, when we were talking about how do we pick, mm-hmm. you know, we, we discussed like, all right, let's see who can get the most five-star reviews. Let's see who can get the most this. And I said, yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's take this a step fully out. Because what I want to do is coach them, but I can't coach every single team member one-on-one mm-hmm. like that. The time is not, it's not going to happen. But but Stuman gives us tools. I got tools. Right. Nice. So I present the tool, facilitate the challenge. Dude, if if my if if one person fills that thing out at seventy five percent for seventy five days, their lives will change. They don't Hell even yeah. know it. So I get to help them. I get to present it and walk mm-hmm. away and still help them. That's what they do for us. Yeah. Nobody's holding your hand. Right. Or my hand. Nobody does that. When we leave Dallas, mm-hmm. there's nobody fucking there. That's just you and me alone, back at home with the wife and the kids and the team and the people who have no idea that you've changed in the last 24 hours. Yeah. You have to show them. And you have to show them with integrity too. Yeah, and you have to do it every single day. And that's why like, I stopped coming back from, when I joined execs and Chris Whitehead told me, you know, I was like, man, like my wife, and she was supportive, but she was apprehensive. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's expensive. It's time away from the family. This shit ain't cheap. And Chris said, well, why don't you try something different for once? And instead of talking about all the shit you're going to do, just shut the fuck up, do it, and watch what happens. And I texted him the other day. I, I, I texted him the other day. I got a text message from my wife about a week ago mm-hmm. talking about how she wants to level our kids up and shoot all this stuff. And we're, we're planning all this stuff like for our family. And I sent mm-hmm. it to Chris, and I was like, thank you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, because eight or nine months ago, you said just stop talking and do the work. And the people that you lead... Mm-hmm. Well, well, the ones who are meant to be there will come with you. I remember. I can't remember how many times I've given my team this vision and this vision and this vision. You know what I mean? And then just you know, the, the motivation leaves. Yeah. You know, and then I'm not doing the work, and they're not doing the work. You know what I'm saying? It it happened so much early on in my career, uh, and then I just rested all my talent. You know what I mean? And I was still able to be successful by average standards, right? But it, it took joining a group like this to actually go home and do the work every single freaking time. So let's talk about that a little bit, man. Um, a few conversations that you and I had early on, and we talked about it a little bit on your podcast, uh, On The Level, check it out. Uh, download it, five-star review, automatic. Never <laughs> never stop building, but he was close. Oh, so. yeah, my bad. Never <laughs> stop building, I messed that up. Yeah. And it's funny, because we, we have both have building in our in our, in our our podcast. We do, we both also have multiple businesses and consult and all this other confusing yeah. shit. It's hard to keep up yeah, with. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's talk about the, let's talk about work-life balance. Sure. I'm sure you love that term. I, this is the second time this week that somebody on a podcast asked me to talk about work-life balance. Uh-huh. And, I will, and I'm going to give, it's, here's my philosophy on this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, balance is not real, um, but harmony is achievable. And so what that means to me, the work, first of all, work and life are the same thing. And so I don't, I hate the fact that there's even people attempt to make a distinction because that puts undue pressure and stress on picking one. You have to pick your life or work. Mm -hmm. My life is work. 
And I remember like months and months and months ago, I heard a piece of content with Mike Claudio on it. And somebody mm -hmm. asked him, how many hours a day do you work? And he said, I work 18 hours a day of life and I sleep for the other six. And I locked into that. I fucking love that. I, I hadn't heard that yet. Taking yeah. my son to MMA on a Tuesday night is work. Mm -hmm. Filming my podcast is work. Taking mm -hmm. my wife out on a date is work. I love working. Working gives me purpose. Right. What is life? Like if, if I were to ask people, they never have, I'm not, I'm not grilling you, but when, yeah. I, and when people bring that up and they're like, talk to me about work-life balance. I'm like, what is life and what, what's the difference? Well, I brought it up sarcastically. I know. And that's why I'm not asking you the question, but people, so, and I think a lot of the times people, I don't look at my businesses as like a job per mm -hmm. se, um, because when I do, I end up miserable. And it all facilitates the same purpose to me. And the only reason that we're able to do this attempt at harmony mm -hmm. um, is because we have a mission and a purpose behind everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And I know when I talk about a lot recently about living with intention and showing up intentionally, and I know, and what that all means is that showing up to each event with the same mission and purpose in mind when mm -hmm. I show up, and that's hard. That's hard. Um, I don't believe in balance. I believe that there's, we have pillars in our lives. We've got our family and our faith and our career um, and our friendships and self and fitness. Yeah. And I just believe when you build one pillar too high, all it does is it pulls from the other pillars yeah. foundations to hold itself up. And so yeah. if I can build them all, I would rather build my business slower, but be in good shape, have a happy marriage. My kids be happy to see me at night for dinner than build my business extravagantly fast mm -hmm. and lose all those other things. That's it's so freaking true and it resonates so much with me because in my 20s i built it fast and furious and everything felt everything else felt to shit yeah you know i was I mean? 300 pounds three years into starting my business same hey yeah hey high five on being <laughs> and then not yeah and then not i yeah. was 300 pounds because i was eating myself i was eating my emotions my wins and losses were were food related i was my my marriage was we were engaged or dating. We were miserable. We mm -hmm. joke now. We're happier now. Older, all the trials and tribulations yeah. later, we're happier now and busier than we've ever been than we were ever before mm -hmm. because of the intention inside of the marriage. Not the time, not the fact that things have slowed down because they haven't. Mm -hmm. The intention behind the marriage, the intention behind the business, the communication inside the relationships in my life. That's right. what makes all the change. You work at it. You work at it. Just yeah. like you said earlier. But you don't balance it. Yeah. I might not see my kids on a Monday. I might mm -hmm. leave real early in the morning and not come back to the time that they're in bed. Or I might be gone for two or three days in mm -hmm. Dallas. Here's the thing, though. So, like, I flew out. We flew out for four days. So, yesterday, I didn't go into the office. We took the kids out to lunch. We yep. had a fun day with a Monday. I'm going in for a staff meeting, leaving at 11 and taking them to the beach. I'm, I'm being intentional mm -hmm. about each time. Now, Tuesday through Thursday next week guarantee you I'm going to work my ass off at the business. I'm yeah. going to have a lot to do and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I'm going to tell my wife, Hey, Tuesday through Thursday, like it's on you and she's going to be cool. Cause mm -hmm. I did, I earned it. Yeah. You earn exactly. it when you communicate and you show up. Well, and, and, and that's the whole deal is you have to communicate with them. And so what kind of opened my eyes to this, you know, outside of apex is Burton Hughes book, align your empire. Mm. And, um, so the same way you're saying harmony, he says alignment. And so align your empire and uh, you've got to commute. And, and, and Ryan says this all the time too. You've got to let your family in on your target, your mission, your purpose. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And you got to align your family's mission, purpose, core values, all that with your business businesses. And so whenever I go on a trip like this one and uh, I, you know, I let my kids know, Hey, I'm going to be gone for four days and this is why. 
and they're never too young to hear this. And the younger they hear it, the better. You know what I mean? This is why we're sponsoring MDM. We're paying a lot of money to set up a booth here and we want more people to come into our company, you know? And the reason we want more people to come into our company is because we've got a great fucking company. You know what I mean? We want to spread that mission and that purpose. We want more people to come in. You know what I mean? And, um, and then, you know, we're talking about this over dinner and then, so they know why I'm gone. I'm not gone because daddy loves work more than his kids. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm, I'm very excited about them finishing school now because we are going to be able to do that. I am going to be able to take a Monday off or a Tuesday off. You know, I know, you know, Drewby does that really well. He has a family day every Tuesday. He's got it scheduled on point um, and just be able to spend the whole day with them. And, and we, we can do that because we built out our businesses in order to support that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And we want that for everybody in our organizations as well. So one of the things we say at Argenta is, you know, we help each other achieve freedom. It's the shirts we got on today, you know? And uh, I, I want that for my people too, you know? But like you said, you gotta be leveling up, leveling up, leveling up so they can level up with you. You know what I'm saying? You can't be promoted if you can't be replaced, you know? Yeah, and you have to achieve some freedom in order for people to buy into that. They Absolutely. Have to see some, you have to have done Yeah, yeah. And, and that's the whole deal. People think, oh, I've gotta lead by example and I've gotta like be the one out there in the field. You know what I'm saying? And, and yes, that's fun to do, to, to fire them up every now and then. Um, but they need to see you achieve that financial time, faith, uh, you know, con control of your life type of freedom in order to want it too. Yeah. Otherwise it's just words. It's just words on a wall. I used to be so afraid of being, looking and sounding successful in front of my team. Me too. So scared. I used to think that if they thought, I thought I was successful, they'd leave. Mm -hmm. What I learned is they want to be successful too. And if the guy in charge isn't successful and he's at the top, yeah. where the fuck am I supposed to go here? There's nowhere to go. And so the better I do, this is why it's funny, like the whole be, like build your machine and posting mm -hmm. every day, that was my biggest hurdle to get over was the insecurity of my team watching me post and live my life. and be confident and happy and, and in Dallas or traveling and mm -hmm. all it's done has facilitated them to want to grow because mm -hmm. uh, you can, here's the deal. You should be creating a gap between you and the people that you're in charge of, but you need to be throwing rope constantly, Hell yeah. constantly and pulling them up and being like, look, yeah, I'm ahead, but come on, come on, come well, on. Like and building an escalator on the way up, you exactly. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just, yeah, I used to be so afraid and insecure about that. And now like you bring them into the fold, you, just like your your wife, your kid, when I say mm -hmm. team, and the reason I use the word team all the time is because that's just everybody, I, my that's wife. everybody my in your sphere of influence. In, yeah, yeah in, in my sphere of influence and, and some people in my direct charge, like that mm -hmm. I lead directly. And I've started really like, using that sentence out loud because it needs to be acknowledged by people who lead people that you are actually leading people. It's not mm -hmm. like some fun, cool term. Like it's actually your charge. That's what you've been tasked to do. I had, I don't know who said it and I don't know where, I think it was a fly in, but somebody was like, even like your kids aren't even your, like those are God's kids. You just been tasked with, with parenting them. Uh -huh. And like when I started really like thinking about like I, I've been tasked with leading certain people, mm -hmm. my willingness and my drive to step up for them really like 
skyrocketed. And so like I, you know, I gave a budgeting presentation instead of a staff meeting a few weeks ago to our team. Mm-hmm. We set goals every Monday in our staff meeting and the common goal kept being um, financial literacy and yeah. budgeting and finances. And yeah. after a couple of weeks, my wife was like, I bring her up a lot cause she's seriously my better half. Like yeah. no, I have no shame in that. She like, Without her, I don't know who or where I would be. Yeah, um, but she was like, you know, this keeps coming up. Like, not to be a dick, but wh- what are you gonna like? They're they're at you're being asked to help, whether they're asking or not. Is that a direct quote from your wife? Oh, that's not even as bad as it probably. I love was that. That's it. awesome. Yeah, my wife is my wife is <laughs> my wife is the shit. So, um, she said, "What are you gonna do? What are you yeah. do to help them? They're asking you for help." And I started looking at my calendar, and I was thinking, like, oh, "Okay, okay, let me. I can get a one-on-one with this guy on this day." And um, I was like, "Well, what am I doing? All these one-on? Just give a presentation." Yeah. Like give so I did. We built a presentation. So now what we're doing is at the the last Monday of every month, in place of the staff meeting is now an optional presentation mm-hmm. meeting. And okay. what we'll do is we're getting a collective goal setting and whatever the topic is for the month. Uh, next month's going to be credit, how to build, maintain credit score, how to understanding what credit yep. actually is. Um, the month after that is going to be health and fitness, what mm-hmm. that looks like in the construction industry and how you can take care of your health and fitness while being on a job site, eight or nine yeah. hours a day, et cetera, et cetera. You don't have to get tacos every morning. <laughs> you don't have to get tacos. And in fact, I suggest you not get tacos every morning. Yeah. And because and the thing is like the more and more I spent so many years, like, personal development's always been important to me, Mm -hmm. Um, but I would always, it was also the first thing to go when things got hard. Yeah, yeah. So I would stop. I'd be like, reading's going. It's a luxury. It was (laughs) a when I have extra time, when I am successful enough, I will take better care of myself. Right. And one of, I think the biggest shift in my life has honestly been, I will never be successful to the point that I want to if I cannot in a disciplined way take care of myself every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and so I'm trying to I'm trying to instill that in everybody around mm-hmm. me as well. So So what's next for Sam Kaufman? Um I made a post about that this morning. Okay. What's next for Sam Kaufman is patience and discipline. Mm-hmm. So we've got um, the renovation company is growing. We're going to have 100% year over year growth this year with the way the numbers are looking. Um, the podcast um, is releasing weekly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just, you know, I just started doing coaching and consulting with the WinRate team. And nice. I'm, you know, after MDM, that's probably going to pick up pretty heavy. So, um, what I'm my honest intentions for 2022 as I continue um, is just to continue. The very things that got me here are have to keep going to keep me mm-hmm. on track. And Absolutely. I and I have a tendency, the old me, get bored, get bored, yeah. um, get squirrely, or start getting the stuff that I worked for and mm-hmm. stop doing the work that got got me the stuff. That's fair. Yeah, it you happens know? to all of us. It does, and, and, and so, people don't talk about that enough because they, they think it's like. Uh, you know, insulting to themselves, you know what I mean? But it's a real thing. Like you get, you get comfortable. Well, and we get busy doing the work that we earned mm-hmm. and we stopped doing the work that got us the work that we earned. So my serious goal for the rest of this year is um, that's it. It's to be disciplined in all of the actions and behaviors that got me to where I'm at. I mean, you said really nice things about me in the beginning and mm-hmm. I appreciate that. If we had more time, I would like, you know, and I'm sure they hear about you a lot, but you're no yeah. different in that, in that scenario. But all those nice things that you said are the result of doing some very disciplined and mundane things every day. Absolutely. So I want to make sure I'm going to make sure that I keep those up. 
So if the listeners want to do something disciplined and mundane, this is a great pitch for them, for Sam. Uh, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, that was awesome. Well done. Yeah, Facebook and Instagram are both at Sam Kaufman Official. Okay. Um, you know, the podcast is NeverStopBuildingPodcast.com. And, you know, obviously any any coaching information would be on WinRateConsulting.com. Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, guys, go to Never Stop Building. On, uh, it's on Apple. It's on everything. Spotify, all that good stuff. And, and give them a five-star review right away. Uh, and then you better listen to it afterwards because obviously this is one of the best interviews I've done easily. I'm gonna, we're going to chop the shit out of this content and promote the hell out of you, brother. So cool. Appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on the show. Man. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built. Block. I block until next time.